the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Money KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything you can, want to talk about, we can talk about Talk about the stock market, talk about Twitter coming public. What's that mean for you and me? Um, it's interesting. It's a Web 2.0 kind of company. It should be public any second now. I think the opening trade is going to be somewhere around 36 so I hear. Obviously priced at $28. Um, $28 to $35 initial price range. $38 with catastrophic you know, news for newbie investors. You kind of want to be careful. They're only issuing 15% of the shares. It's going to be very, very thinly traded. Still not publicly traded. It's worthy of note. LinkedIn's down 4. Yelp's down 2. Google down 6. Yahoo down fractions. Groupon down as well as Facebook down. So Twitter and their peers or something that we're discussing this morning. Taking a look at the stock market, we have a down day. Yeah, that's kind of interesting to think about. Of If it were really a horrific day, would Twitter come public? Uh, what would equal a horrific day? SP 500's down 1. Dow's up 22. Record territory. NASDAQ down 16. Everything opened in the green, but everything's gotten a little bit weaker. Why did we open in the green? The ECB cut interest rates to new lows. That's interesting because no one really expected that. So we've got a friendly international banking angle today. So the ECB cut interest rates to a new record low. They said it would prime banks with liquidity in 2015 to prevent the Eurozone's recovering from hitting a stall as inflation is tumbling. The move took markets by surprise. The tech world is all a glow and a flutter about Twitter. There is some other economic news and stock news out there today. Advanced third quarter GDP surpasses expectations. We were expecting a 1.9% reading. We got a 2.8% advance, fueling renewed taper talk and the potential that the Fed might cut some of their shopping out of buying bonds. Like, no! It's one of those movie kind of, don't do that to us. Don't do it to us. No! This is it, world. From now on... No more Mr. Good Guy. So what will the Fed do going forward? We did see some economic data come oozing out this morning. Costco Wholesale, Victoria's Secret. They're amongst the major U.S. retailers to report same-source sales for October. The outlook remained downbeat heading into the holiday season. Costco reported a slightly better than expected 3% gain at its same-source sales. These are stores that are open at least a year. Fresh food was amongst the best-selling categories, and consumer electronics was the weakest. 
McDonald wants to start doing 3D printing of toys for unhappy kids for their Happy Meals. What the hell is that story all about, right? McDonald's has an IT director, and he's pondering the concept of using a 3D printer to make toys on the spot. So your kid goes in, he wants to see the new Monsters movie, and McDonald's is doing a Monsters tie-in, and he wants the big purple monster, but this week it's the big blue fuzzy one that they got in stock. So the idea is that Okay, they can make it on the spot for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do we need that? Do we really need our punk, fat, brat children to basically be calling the shots? I know. I know. Did I just say that? Yes. Um, other things to think about today? Do you want me to hit Twitter a little bit more, or are we okay with this? Okay, I'll hit it a little bit more. Picture someone's going to be TWTR. Big thought is is that they're giving most of their shares from the roadshow to mutual funds and not to hedge funds. They're not letting businesses take advantage and flip their shares. They want a stable shareholder base. They are saying all the right things. Insiders are saying, you know what? We're just raising capital for the company. We're not planning on selling any shares. Like, Ever? You know, at the same time, Jack Dorsey, who is one of the controversial founders of Twitter, has announced that his company Square, which is a, a payment services, is going to come public next year. So it is all about the money. Twitter's IPO price values microblogging service at about 12 times estimated 2014 sales. There's a lot of ways of looking at a company. There's price-to-sales ratios. There's price-to-earnings ratios. The pricing puts onus on Twitter to deliver on its promises of fast growth after earlier pitching shares as low as $17 a share. Um, Twitter is not run by their insiders. Twitter is run by Executive Officer Dick Costello. He's trying to show that the, the curve is huge. What's interesting to note on Twitter, Facebook, and all the like as far as uh, you know, big social media companies... LinkedIn, Yelp, Google. They don't create a lot of content themselves. Google's getting more into content creation. There's no doubt about it. But Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Yelp, they go out there and they say, you know, you create the content. You post about how you need someone to work for you. You post a funny video, which for the record, I've got a funny video of me dressed as Velma on YouTube at Rob Black Show. So go to YouTube, hit Rob Black Show, and see me dressed as Velma. Um, and that's the beauty of, of Web 2.0 companies, is they're not spending a lot of money on content. To get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. California holds 13 of the top 25 spots for the most expensive housing markets in the United States. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about California today, for sure. Malibu was ranked the most expensive place to live with the average list price for a four-bedroom, two-bathroom home, $2.1 million. On the other end of the spectrum, the same size home in Cleveland, Ohio, sells for $63,000. At some point in time, husband in Malibu is going to convince wife, I'll buy you one point, I'll buy you $1.9 million in jewelry and vacations and cars if we could just move to Cleveland. Okay, that's not going to happen, right? But that is a risk of some markets getting too expensive. Of Is there really that much difference between Palo Alto and Berkeley? If you could get a house for you know, 75% of the cost, or 25% of the cost, 50% of the cost, when do you make that decision that you're going to jump? Ooh, another Tesla caught on fire. That's three. It's going to start to become a problem. Big event coming tonight, San Jose Airport Hotel, a.k.a. San Jose Radisson Airport Hotel. Tonight from 639, building a retirement portfolio that lasts. What can you do to avoid running out of money in retirement? Join me and CFP Chad Burton. 
It is a fundraiser. If you want to come and donate a phone, get in for free, an old cell phone. If you want to pay $5, sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Billion dollars in its initial public offering, seizing on Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm pretty sure if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I'd be a hipster. Let's bring in the best financial planner that I know, who is a hipster himself, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good. I do have a little bit of a beard right now, so hopefully I'm not falling into the hipster category. What's up with that? I started. I started. I stopped wearing plaid though a long time ago, so. Maybe I'm not. I'd, ra- I'd, r- I'd rather you wear plaid than have a beard that my cat can lick off. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I get a little milk left in there. What's up with the beard? Why do you do that every winter? What's up with having a cat? <laughs> One's manly, one isn't. Well, my cat's actually dead, so thanks oh, for bringing that true. up. I just brought up some bad memories, sorry. She's dead to me. Um, no, 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 no. So... I am lucky to be doing what I'm doing, and I feel, I feel blessed. And I do look at the hipsters, today. I'm going like, get a job. So um, let's talk about the big event coming up tomorrow, tonight. Tonight, holy mackerel, Airport Hotel well, yeah. in San Jose. A lot of people from uh, Twitter might be now eligible to head to the event because it's really kind of geared for people that are 10 years away from or living off of their portfolio and how to set it up. So a lot of Twitter people are um, a lot closer to retirement after today. I think a lot of people are very basic in their concepts of setting up an income portfolio. A lot of people look for the highest dividend stock. They may say, look at this mortgage rate. It pays 12% annually mortgage. I'm going to put my retirement in that. They go for the highest yield, or they compromise and go for maybe not quite the highest yield, but better quality stock. What are your thoughts on how people approach income portfolios? I think high income investing is, is a bit of a bubble right now. If you're a high-income investor, if you're only picking stocks because they're yielding over 4 or 5%, um, that's where the bubble could be. Or some of these closed-end funds, Rob, and they look like ETFs. They they trade in, in during the day like ETFs, but they're, they're closed-end funds. And what happens is they're pools of municipal bonds, for example. And so people look at them saying, oh my gosh, I can get a 6-7% tax-free yield. But they don't realize, they don't do their research, and they don't realize how leveraged these things are and how how badly they get hammered when interest rates come into play. So or when interest rates, you know, go up and then they fall, it's an inverse relationship. Now, I'm not expecting interest rates to jump drastically, but they have, and I hadn't expected that before. I don't think anybody really expected that big move from 1.6 to 2.8 from May to uh, July that we saw where a lot of bond Funds lost about 5 or 6%. Some of those leveraged closed-in funds or leveraged mortgage REITs fell 15 to 20%. So people really need to kind of do a uh, test on their portfolio. How did it react during that period from May to July? How interest rate sensitive are you as an investor? And uh, kill some of the gains off some of those real high dividend pay. I love dividend-paying stocks, but some of the stocks I like, are more like one and a half to two and a half percent yielders, and they grow their dividends each and every year, and that's why we get them. That's free cash flow plus the dividends plus the ability to grow. Boring. Mm-hmm. One and a half percent dividend. I like my dividends chock full of like six percenters. Yep. Well, that's that's great until interest rates start going up, right? And then all you're getting is a dividend and declining stock price, and so your total return could end up negative, even though you're still getting a dividend. You know, don't get me wrong, I mean, my stock portfolio is still yielding about 2.8, a little over that, but the returns have been, are from the capital appreciation side, have been great. So I want both. I want dividends to pay me while I'm waiting. Every three out of 10 years is negative. I'm still getting dividends during those three out of 10 years, but the seven out of 10 years, the portfolio is doing really well. It allows me to peel gains and replenish my cash if I'm retired and living off of my portfolio, you gotta, you know, you gotta trim, trim the gains, put it back into your, 
safe money account, and it's something you got to look at quarterly and maintain that overall risk. I think a lot of people that are retired, Rob, right now or are at a level of risk that they, they're not comfortable with. They just don't know it. They already forgot about how corrections can affect their ability to sleep. And you can, if, if you have a good dividend-yielding portfolio and three to five years' worth of cash, you can be a very aggressive investor as long as you don't panic when 2008 and 9 come along, as long as you don't panic when 2001 and 2 come along and you let your portfolio recover. problem is, is that those same people that go overboard, they get way too aggressive in their portfolio and they ignore the risk factors. Those are the same people that panic when the market changes direction for a short period of time. I'm with you. Now, with that said, the ECB cut interest rates. There's a Earlier this week, we were thinking the Fed's going to keep rates low through 2015. Now, later in the week, he had some GDP numbers that were better than expected. How do you deal with that if this happens, but that happens kind of aspect with the teeter-totter on interest rates? Um, you know, it, it's interesting because, again, that, that interest rate decrease was not really expected. Um, so we continue to have central banks around the world pumping out easy monetary policy, which means there's not going to be a lot of inflation here in the U.S. Um, people that have a heavy weighting in inflation-protected bonds or TIPS, it's probably not going to do well for you in the next several years um, until we start to see inflation or turn around economy. So um, if interest rates start to pop a little bit, you can uh, increase your weighting to that area. Um, but you know, valuations of Europe still look a little bit more attractive than the U.S. And I tell you what, Emerging markets are definitely more attractive on a valuation basis. I would take a look at EEM not as an investment recommendation, just as a barometer, because I, I like manage funds in the emerging market space. But the momentum is starting to improve, and the valuations are definitely much better than the U.S. So if that 200-day moving average starts to turn up on emerging markets and look more attractive, you got to make sure you have a piece of that in your overall portfolio. Sounds good. What do I need to know about tonight's event? What are you going to be talking about at the San Jose Airport Hotel, 630 to 9 tonight? People can sign up at robblack.com. Everything that you need to know about retirement in terms of how do you calculate the cost, how do you transition your portfolio, which accounts do you draw from first, and then how much safe money you need and how you keep feeding that safe money in order to maintain a certain level of risk. Also going to hit on um, bond alternatives that people need to know about as they go into retirement. I'm totally with that concept of bond alternatives because, to me, bonds don't speak to me right now. And I think a lot of people our age, Chad, we've seen such a long period of underperformance for bonds that, eh, we're looking for the alternatives. And the easy money's there, so I, I expect a, uh, you know, a long, long period of underperformance in terms of bonds based on what our parents and grandparents had. So looking at some alternatives that are out there for at least the next five to seven years um, until we get back to a normal level on treasuries. That's going to be more important. Thanks very much. It's CFP right. Chad Burton. You can find him tonight in the Bay Area talking bond alternatives, talking income and retirement, talking about drawdown rates so that you don't run out of money in your lifetime. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't be shy. I would like to see you out there tonight. If you bring a phone, an old cell phone, a broken cell phone, a cracked cell phone, get in for free. Otherwise, sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com. And if you want the free passcode, sign up with phone. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Everybody is still anxiously waiting the Twitter IPO. Looks like it could open up 81%. Let's bring in Joe Doe. Joe Doe, you have a Twitter hashtag or you have a Twitter call tag that we can shout out? I do, I do. It's uh, Joe Doe, J-O-E-D-E-A-U-X. What's, give me a little perspective on your first memory of, of Twitter. <laughs> uh, I was uh, 
in journalism school, and somebody asked, have you joined Twitter yet? And I said, uh, no, I, I figured it was just uh, the status update of Facebook, and I really didn't want to spend all my time just putting my Facebook status updates on Twitter. Uh, and then I learned that I really didn't understand Twitter, and that was when I, I did get on and I uh, saw the light. <laughs> There is a moment of 140 characters, no, it'll never work, and then you <laughs> kind of see the light. So. Yeah, it was, uh, I, you know, I, I think what attracted me, and then of course has attracted so many people, was the the amount of uh, shared information that really became kind of a news feed. And, um, you know, I, I think with the opening of what, what they're looking at, a high of maybe $45 at the opening a share, um, maybe that proves that there are a lot of other people who see the value in that as well. Twitter broke the story on the capture and death of Osama bin Laden. Twitter's broken a lot of stories similar to that. I, I, they're the, they are the breaking news CNN wants to be, so to speak. And I just throw that out there because that's one of the things that I do with The Street. That's one of the things that I do with Briefing.com is that they're part of my Twitter feed. And what used to take me hours to prep for Wall Street takes me now seconds and minutes to right. see the stories right. out there. Um, Joe Doe with TheStreet.com, one of your tweets out there, 35% of Americans think China will be dominant economic power in five to seven years. And it's, I'm like, hey, that's interesting. Let's, let's follow up on that. Um, so tell me a little bit about this uh, new survey that you started to write about. Right, so the street, uh, in conjunction with GFK North America, did a did a poll, uh, and we found in the survey that uh, a large number, uh, a growing number of Americans believe that China will eventually become or overtake the United States as the world's dominant economic power in five to seven years. In fact, as 36% or a little more than one in every three people felt like China would overcome the U.S. Now, this is important in large part because why do we care if we lose our status as the economic power of the world? Hmm. Well, I, I think we care because, you know, when you have you know, the, the status of dominant economic power, it, uh, it you know, and on many levels it shows that you're part of a country that is um, – is really influencing the way global policy uh, acts, right? So from military to fiscal uh, to uh, monetary and, and of course, business as well. Um, you know, I, I think it is important to remember that this is what people feel like. Uh, this does not mean that in five to seven years that China will overtake the United States. In fact, it's um, almost a certainty that they will not. I mean, it was in 2010 that China surpassed Japan as the second largest economy in the world. And for them to overtake the United States, it would uh, there's still many, many years ahead. With that said, didn't we kind of have this story in the 80s with Japan being the super superpower economic powerhouse? They were buying up New York. They were buying the Seattle Mariners. Um, right. Weren't we afraid of Japan at one point in time, and that kind of capitalism won? With, with, with Japan, you mean? Or, or with yeah, China? yeah, with Japan, yeah. and now which will lead to China. You know, it, it's like uh, it's like the uh, the joke in the third Back to the Future movie when uh, Doc Brown notes that oh, no wonder this part shorted out. It's made by the Japanese, and and uh, Marty says, "What are you what are you talking about? The Japanese make the best of everything." And and that was definitely the discussion in the in the eighties. It was like, well, the the technological improvements that Japan is bringing about uh, put would put it on track for you know possibly overcoming the United States or equaling. And of course, then you know that. Didn't happen. You know, we had the we had the, the bubble, the, the the Japanese, the Asian bubble, financial crisis of the of the two, of the 1990s. Um, what's different about China is just the sheer number of people, right? And so, uh, Japan, a much smaller population than the United States, uh, a little more limited in terms of the type of sectors, type of economic sector, sectors that are well developed, and competing on the international stage. And China, uh, it's important to remember, kind of a similar thing right now, right? Like there's, the banking system in China is nowhere near what it is in the United States or any of the rest of the developed world, uh, and that that is a serious serious, uh, you know, starting point. Um, you do need a sound financial system 
to be the base of what is supposed to be economic prosperity. I'm not saying that China won't, you know, be put on that path, but right now, uh, this is a country that's still well behind, uh, especially in a number of the rural areas, some of the developing areas, uh, the rest of the, you know, the Western world uh, that has been you know, on on track since, you know, post-World War II. I mean, China didn't really have big changes coming about in terms of how they had the economic uh, free market activity until Deng Xiaoping in the early 1980s. Uh, so this is, they're still rather, you know, rather early on in the process of getting to um, the type of markets that we have here in the U.S. and uh, the rest of the developed world. Speaking with Joe Doe from TheStreet.com, TheStreet.com, he's talking about a survey that they've conducted with another partner, talking about the differences of China becoming an economic superpower. Part of your poll highlights the difference between what 18 to 34-year-old millennials think versus people 65-plus. Right. Let's talk a little bit about that, because that seems to be of interest. Right. Uh, so half of the people over 65 think the U.S. will be the dominant superpower, but only a third, so 35 percent of 18 to 34 year olds think the U.S. will be the world's dominant economic power. Um, and and there there could be a, a few reasons for that. One, people who are over the age of uh, 65 may be uh, at, at least in, it may be a bit more financially literate or financially aware uh, of kind of global economic, uh, the, you know, the way the global economy. Uh, functions, and I'm not saying that means the 18 to 30 year olds don't. Of course, many of them do, uh, but a lot of this is perception, right? I mean, there's the perception among uh, younger people that you know China is on the rise, and they absolutely are, um, and that, but you know, that can obviously be perceived a little too much as, oh, well, that means they're just going to eventually overtake us. Well, uh, maybe not in the next, again, five to seven years. Whereas, on the other hand, you have a large number of, uh, you know, older Americans who've kind of been through, you know, the the past half, you know, half century, right? And they've seen uh, the rise of the United States as an economic power. And, of course, they've seen the, the crisis of, of 2008, uh, but they understand that uh, we, you know, our economy in terms of both its depth uh, and in terms of its intellectual capital is, is uh, still, you know, well ahead of, of China. With that said, is this a story of capitalism versus communism, where the U.S. consumer will beat out the communist manufacturing? Or am I stereotyping a little bit too much? Um, I don't. I don't think it's over stereotyping. I think there's there's definitely an element of that. Um, you know, I do think it's important for people to understand that. You know, this isn't this isn't the USSR. Uh, okay. Communism, right? This is this is Chinese uh, uh, free market, you know, open markets with uh, you know with their own characteristics. Um, you do have one party ruling system, but it's a one party ruling system that is very diverse. They don't all agree on on everything, right? Uh, and we've seen that recently in a number of reports coming out of the Politburo. Uh, there are certain sects who don't necessarily agree with other sects about how to move forward with economic development. Um, but it, it it still stands to be a hindrance, right? Uh, when you're talking township, village enterprises, SOE, state-owned enterprises, it is still a top-down governance as opposed to more entrepreneurial, uh, allowing for the private sector to kind of move along uh, unhindered. Um, is that a bad thing? Um, in some ways, yes, uh, for the obvious reasons that I think most of your listeners have studied before. But there's also, you know, maybe some good to it. There, it does allow for this kind of central planning, right? Um, that, to a point, uh, can be effective. The question is, how long, right? How long can you allow for that to be your economic policy uh, before there are major, major uh, hindrances being put on what you do call, uh, you know, an, a somewhat open uh, market of, of uh, private development? Thanks very much. Is there anything else we need to know about the story that we did not cover? Uh, well, uh, that there are still 59% of Americans who do believe we are currently the economic power, um, which nobody else is even close in terms of our poll. So, but Good. that's interesting. Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's Joe Doe with thestreet.com. You can find him at thestreet.com. You can find him on Twitter. Oddly enough, it's Twitter Day. Joe Doe, and uh, it's. 
got that easy to read and write type of name, D-E-A-U-X, D-E-A-U-X. And talk about China and the ramifications that it has. You know, one thing that you automatically have to take from this is that you just can't invest in the United States anymore. Um, whether you like it or not, and there's some cliches out there, like, is China the old-fashioned USSR? No. Can we trust them? I don't think we have anything but we have to. So you have to have some exposure into, okay, let's say you don't like China. You have to have some exposure into Asia. Or Australia, who does business with China, who does a lot of the tourism with China. Um, it's a big world. It's a flat world. Uh, it's getting flatter all the time. And um, hopefully you don't hurt yourself in your portfolio by limiting yourself in the way you think about how the world truly works and, and operates. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, it's Joe Doe with TheStreet.com. TheStreet.com's got some great articles. I highly recommend educating yourself. The more you know, the better for you. As far as investment decisions go, you got to be informed. Big event tonight coming up on retirement planning tied towards income. It's in San Jose at the airport hotel. You can learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Is it here yet? Are we there yet? The anticipation. It's killing me. Twitter's up 80%. First trade, $45. Too expensive. Will it come down in price? No one knows. Side at $25 billion. If it was priced $26, I'm calling the old stockbroker. I'm saying, stockbroker, buy me some shares, $28-$26. If it was $30-$35, I'd say, mm, I'm nibbling. But 48 is too much. Will it turn into the next um, Facebook? Facebook's down. Facebook opened up big and went down. There's a lot of demand for Twitter. There's no doubt about it. Up 80% from where it priced is a nice story. Should you chase it? Probably not. Had you invested in eBay on its first day, in Google on its first day, in Facebook on its first day? Had you invested in Yahoo or Amazon.com on their first day? Ten years later, many of these companies, massive successes. So could you buy Twitter today and do a massive success? Maybe. I don't think there's a lot of mystery tied towards, uh, you know, what they do as business. I don't think it's a surprise. I mean, Amazon kind of surprised us. Weren't you a book reseller? Now look at them. World domination kind of play. They do everything. So, is it something you want to do? Absolutely. Is it something you want to do right now? Maybe, maybe not. I think Twitter has a huge opportunity ahead of itself. As they go from non-profit to profit, I think people are going to learn that margins are pretty damn good. Some of the best in the world of business. Not as good as Facebook. Right now, if you put a gun to my head, I'd rather buy Facebook. As far as next 10 years, as far as next 10 days, I don't know. Nor do you. Nor does anyone. Um, There is a very thin float. That's what they have going for them. They didn't come public with anyone could get shares of the IPO. They came public with no one can get shares of the IPO. Very different than Facebook. Twitter begins trading on the New York Stock Exchange. Kind of a historic day. Um, Twitter's IPO, you know, values the company quite expensive at this point in time. Goldman Sachs is going to be a huge winner on this one. 
what's again always interesting to note about some of these IPOs, the Web 2.0 companies, is how little their cost of business is. And when I say that, I'm talking about they don't really develop content; they exploit other people's content. LinkedIn down four bucks today. Yelp down two bucks. Google down eight bucks. Um, not across the board underperformance. Compared to Twitter, yes. But compared to each other, it's it's kind of a random day. Um, Groupon is one of those companies that I think is pretty intriguing at this price point. Uh, more and more people that I know under the age of 35 are using Groupon to basically purchase food every day in their life. Um, Groupon sucked as a desktop company. They rock as a mobile app company. Same thing could be said for Facebook. Their mobile app is, you know, it's their future. Otherwise, they don't have much of a future. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The top five most expensive markets in real estate, all in California. Newport Beach is behind Malibu. Um, and then you start getting into cities like San Francisco. You know, some of the more affordable markets... Garfield Heights, Ohio, Flint, Michigan. In more than 20 markets, a sample home average priced above a million showed that a similar home listed in eight other markets for 100,000. So, what can get you a home for a million in some places can get you 10 homes. That's pretty interesting to note. I don't know. Maybe it's not interesting for you. It's interesting for me. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Going to do a big event tonight in San Jose at the Airport Hotel. Hopefully you can come out to it. I have a new website, by the way. Um, I'd love feedback. It's still a work in progress, but hopefully I can refine it in the next couple of days to get to where you want it to be. Then I'm going to start building an app out of it. But the new website is robblack.com. It's robblack.com. And um going to be sending out a newsletter that you can sign up for at the website right here, right now. We're sending out a newsletter later this morning that talks a little bit about some sectors that I like. Talks a little market commentary. It also reminds you of the big event tonight in um, San Jose. So it's my last live event of the year with CFP Chad Burton talking about building a retirement portfolio that lasts. Hopefully you can come out to it. You can catch some video of me at the site as well. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, if you hit recent videos at Rob Black and Your Money or robblack.com, you can see me dressed as Velma doing a news report, which for my cup of tea is pretty damn funny. Uh, but you've asked to sign up for the event. Oh, by the way, I'm doing it. It's a fundraiser. So anything that you pay at the door, five bucks, goes straight to charity. But on top of that, it's if you want to donate an old cell phone, I'm going to give it to a local nonprofit school education for minors. Um, an old cell phone, an Apple phone that's cracked, destroyed, busted, doesn't work, doesn't power up. It's all fine. Any phone will get you in. If you want to drop me an email, that would be convenient so I can ask you, like, what's the, who's the carrier and what brand is it? So that saves me a little time in cataloging it. Uh, but with that said, drop me an email, robertrobbach.com, if you want free entrance into tonight's event. Build a retirement portfolio that lasts tonight from 630 to 9 at the San Jose Airport Hotel, also known as or formerly known as the Radisson. Airport Hotel. It's a good event. CFP, Chad Burton, and myself go through an enormous amount of information, uh, particularly him, because he handles wealth management, or as I handle wealth accumulation. We'll take a break here. We'll come back, talk more money, more investing. Uh, you can find me online at robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. I should say that. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Online at robblack.com. Big event tonight, tonight, in San Jose at the Airport Hotel. The week is Sanjit Gupta CPA. You can now for up to $1,300 in security. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Baby was born this morning. Twitter comes public as a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. It took a while to get there, but there they are publicly traded. To me, this is a big story, in large part because I think they're the 21st century news breaker. 
They broke the death of Osama bin Laden 20 minutes before anyone else did. In this day and age, if I hear about a shooting, I instantly go to Twitter. If I hear about a disaster, I instantly go to Twitter. Twitter is my newsfeed. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to you, but I think we live in the information age. And I, I'm proud of that. Now, the problem is, how are they going to get mass appeal? That's the big issue. I'm a news junkie. I have to be. It's part of what I do for a living. Not everyone is. Some people don't want to know the news. When there's shootings at a school, some people t- turn off the news. And I get that. Now, Twitter, public traded, they don't make the news. They break the news. They don't make the TV shows that we're watching. They cover the TV shows that we're watching. They don't have employees dedicated to covering it. They have you. So the highest cost of business is, is, is labor. Anytime you do business, it's the labor that costs the most. Now, some people would say the labor is the most, you know, least likely to be replaced, but not in this case. Keep in mind, some people have sued publicly traded companies like Yelp because they say, hey, we're employees. They don't have content if not for us. Hashtag frivolous lawsuit. So Twitter, publicly traded. Welcome to the world of public scrutiny. It has its pluses. It has its minuses. Now that they're public, the information has to be told. And that cuts both ways. Hmm. What is there things that we must know? What are these things we must know today? Uh, McDonald's is thinking about using 3D printing for Happy Meal toys for unhappy kids when they get there and they don't have the toy that they want. That, to me, is a story on 3D printing, not necessarily on McDonald's. I really don't care if McDonald's makes toys for kids. I do care that a father who is able to print a 3D prosthetic hand for his son, I do care that you know 3D printing is going to make manufacturing cheaper. You have a prototype for a new type of paperweight. You go to a 3D printer, you create it. Um, There's a lot of positives there. A lot of positives being done with 3D printing. So, kind of, I don't know if this makes sense to you at all, but if you've been to a dentist recently, they do a lot of CAD and 3D printing now for your crowns. So, lasers and 3D printing, big in dentistry. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So, Twitter's trading up 80% this morning. Is it too expensive? I think it is on the short term. Keep in mind that most IPOs underperform in the first year, but Twitter did something very interesting. They intentionally told hedge funds, go blow. We're going to do this our way. We're going to put our, our shares in hands of tech funds that might hold us for 10 years. So Twitter, up 20 bucks today, sitting at $46 a share. At 30 to 35 I think it's very attractive. At 45 I think it's very expensive. Now, that's compared to other social media companies like Yelp, like Groupon, like Facebook. Over the next 10 years, if I was a betting man, I'd say Facebook has a better future than Twitter because it's got that mass appeal. European Central Bank cuts key interest rates today. That was a shocker, and that keeps the monetary policy loose or low. And it helps the stock market win next year. Put a gun in my head, I think the market's up next year based on monetary policy, based on revenue growth, based on international growth versus U.S. growth. I think the wild card is dysfunctional Congress, as well as how much does Obamacare sap out of the economy. So we've heard the horror stories of people who are paying 250 a month, now paying 400 plus, And a lot of people don't have that kind of extra money. I mean, trust me, I see your emails. You email me and you tell me, you know, your financial concerns. A lot of people don't have any extra money. Costco, Costco and Victoria's Secret came out with numbers today that were um, a little downbeat heading into the holiday season. Fresh food was amongst the best-selling categories at Costco. Consumer Electronics was the weakest. Limited brands said sales... Sales at stores were up 8%, well above the expectations. But all big retailers right now are kind of saying, you know, 
a little weakness on consumer confidence, tied towards government shutdown, a little slowness in job growth. A holiday season that's not the most robust. It's a short season this year due to the way the calendar falls. We only have about four weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Some years the calendar is a little bit more friendly and gives us a couple more days to do last-second shopping or impulse shopping. On one hand, I love it because I don't. I think Christmas gifts are the biggest waste of money that we as individuals do. So the fewer days of sales for us to waste money on a tie that I will never wear, the better. I do like that limited brand same store sales were up eight percent. Have you seen the the bra that they're selling this year? There was a trend on how expensive their high end bra does versus the economy. And basically it says this could be a good year for the stock market, good year for the economy. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Advanced third quarter GDP surpassed expectations. And that may mean the Fed starts to taper sooner than later. Earlier this week we saw data that said the Fed won't taper and probably won't raise interest rates anytime soon. Hey, come on, guys, give us one set that we could work with. Like, that's the problem with data. It's, it's all about trends. It's not really about one, one report. But there was news out of the Federal Reserve this week, or maybe trial balloons, not necessarily news, but there was some, you know, mention that, you know, we're going to, we want much lower unemployment than what we have, not what the previous uh, Fed president was expecting. We want lower than that before we start doing too much. So that gave us hope that the Fed was going to keep monetary policy low, cheap, cheap money. It's certainly benefited the stock market in the last five years. In my opinion, it's created a little bit of a bubble. Low-cost money has caused assets that typically go for income to come to stocks. So bond alternatives, stocks that had dividends, did very, very well. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight at the event. And when I say event, it's the event. It's the last one I'm doing this year, and hopefully you can make it out. We're doing a little bit of a fundraiser tied towards it. If you bring in an old cell phone, donate it to charity. We'll let you in for free, building a retirement portfolio that lasts. Um, It's tonight, 6.30 to 9, at the San Jose Airport Hotel, San Jose Radisson Airport Hotel. CFP Chad Burton is going to be running the event. And when I say running the event, um, he does a show here on the station from 1 to 2. New focus on wealth. He's more of a wealth preserver. Make sure you have enough money to last to the day you die. I'm more of a wealth creator in my content. Uh, we're very, very different, and yet it seems to work on the same page. So it's night. San Jose Radisson Airport Hotel, the San Jose Airport Hotel, 639. If you want to donate an old cell phone, get a code to come in for free. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. If you want to just sign up online, you can sign up online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We prefer no walk-ins. We prefer that you sign up beforehand, so it makes it a little bit easier and a little bit smoother. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're keeping our cars longer. That's an investment theme. It's something I highlight in my newest newsletter that I'm sending out in about 30 minutes. The three big players in auto parts. Now, we're keeping our cars longer because they work longer, but it still doesn't mean some things don't go out and you have to go get it fixed or touched up. For instance, both of my parking lights in my vehicle have burned out. I need to get that done. I'd prefer not to pay a mechanic, you know, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks an hour to put two light bulbs in a car. So, well, i got to go to an auto, auto parts dealer. Right, right. Um, they suffered a little bit in the last year, created an opportunity, but they've also beat general retailing trends for 
pretty much so since 2004, minus last year. Again, we're keeping our cars longer, and as we do, little things go out here and there, and uh, we need to maintain them. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. It is, in my opinion, the end of the year. I know I may be jumping the gun a little bit. Woo! I ordered my honey-baked ham. You know it's a good time when you've ordered the honey-baked ham. I really enjoyed some downtime. And when I do downtime, I turn my phone off. But I'm starting to look at 2014. Doing my last seminar tonight for 2013 with CFP Chad Burton, good friend, person I admire, financially speaking. Um, personal life, eh. He parties a little bit too much for me. He has a boat. That says it all. He has a boat. I, myself, want to use other people's boats versus having my own boat. It's like in college, one of my financial lessons was you know, drink other people's expensive beer while I'd buy cheap beer for my refrigerator. Same thing goes with boats. Use other people's expensive boats. Have said no boat in my garage. 2014 coming up, but 2013 as we close, we're going to talk about income portfolios tonight at the San Jose Airport Hotel, formerly the Radisson. You can sign up for the event from 6.30 to 9. Showing you that I do have a cart, a heart, that's eight sizes too small. My Grinchian ways, you can donate a cell phone today. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll send you out a code so you can come to the event for free. Otherwise, it's five bucks. Either or, it's a charitable donation. And um, the event's good. It's two and a half hours. It takes up my evening, and I have to work the next morning at 4 a.m., so it's brutal on me, but I enjoy doing them. Kind of. Um, I'd love for you to come on out. Come on out and, uh, you know, spend some time. Learn a little bit more about investing. Um, tonight at the San Jose Airport Hotel, you can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Also, give me some feedback on the site. It's still kind of a work in progress, but it's getting there. Um, I like it. 2014 contributions for the 401k, the 403b, the 457, $17,500. The thrift saving plan, as much as $5,500. Um, <clears throat> more can be thrown in for catch-ups if you're 50 or older for either the 401k, the 403b, the 457, the thrift savings plan, DSPs. If you're older than 50, you know, hopefully your kids are starting to go to college and, you know, hopefully some of your costs in life are either going down or some of your income is going up and you could put an extra 5500 in to your accounts in 2014. So you could put in $23,000 a year. That's not too shabby, is it? Um, for traditional Roth IRAs, the number is 5500 If you're older than 50, you can throw another $1,000 in. I, I wish they would let us save unlimited. I do. The income limits determining who can contribute to Roth IRAs are increasing very slightly. You can contribute to a Roth IRA in 2014 if your adjusted gross income is less than 129,000 if single or 191,000 if married filed jointly. The amount you can contribute starts to decline or phase out for singles earning more than 114,000, couples earning more than 181,000. So social security benefits for 2014 are going to rise by one and a half percent. That's not very much. The average monthly benefit is going to be $1,259. Now it's going to be $1,294. That's the 1.5% jump. That's not very much, is it? So that's what you can expect to get in retirement, and then you get taxed. Medicare Part B premiums are going to remain at $104 per month for most people. So part of your Social Security, you're paying into your, your health care. That's not all that, sh- not all that bad, you know? Oh... Keep in mind, there's all sorts of ways of looking at this. Please don't take my advice as the final end-all, be-all advice. I think that would be a mistake. Bitcoin. What is money? Bitcoin is money. Dollar is money. Population grows each day. Money is a medium of exchange. It is an ability to barter. It's widely accepted. Money is a unit of account. It's recognizable. It's divisible. It's transportable. It's transferable. 
it's hard to counterfeit. Some people think of Bitcoin as similar to gold due to its durability and limited supply. Technically, it's a cryptocurrency. What is a cryptocurrency? Basically, there's no records to file on transactees. Cryptocurrency is a bearer instrument. The holder has ownership. No other records kept as to the identity of the older, owner. It's pretty easy to keep it anonymous. It's hard or impossible to replace if lost or stolen. Bitcoin's principal benefit from many currency hawks are central bank doubters. Um, it derives trust from mathematical properties. It's not from chemical physical properties. It's based on established trusted cryptographic primitives. It's interesting because some people see this as the new gold. Some people see it as worthless. There is an ATM now in Vancouver, Canada that distributes bitcoins. In theory, no one controls it. It's decentralized. It's destabilized. It's distributed voluntarily. Growing number of entrepreneurs are accepting or basing new business concepts on bitcoin. Um, computers mine for it by cracking a predetermined and crafted program. That's quite difficult to task. It's what gives Bitcoin some inherent value. It's a protocol. It's based on the blockchain, a growing general public ledger of cryptography signed transactions. So, not easy to hack. I don't know. It's, it's What mammals do with currency and the way we play games with math... I see why some people are attracted to it. So Bitcoin has been exploding to the upside, but some people think Bitcoin's going to completely fall apart. Just throwing it out there for you. I don't have a play in it, and I, I really don't care to. I'd rather look at things like the Internet of Things, which is you're going to be hearing more and more about this. I'd rather talk about you know driverless cars and the effect that will have on insurance companies, the effect it'll have on longevity. You know, senior citizens will no longer get in a car and accidentally run someone over that they can't see. Teenagers won't get drunk behind the wheel and, and, and kill someone that you know, they couldn't determine who was there because they were so drunk. The Internet of Things represents a major departure in the history of the Internet as connections move beyond computing devices and into, you know, everyday devices. I like the idea that my refrigerator has a computer in it. That it can tell the Sears repairman, here's what's wrong with me, come fix me. The Internet of Things will account for an increasingly huge number of connections, 1.9 billion devices today, 9 billion by 2018. If you add up smartphones, smart TVs, tablets, wearable computers, it'll be equal to that market. So once inert objects are going to become sensor-laden, you know... Connected advertising and marketing. Cisco believes that the category of Internet connections to billboards will be one of the top three categories for Internet of Things. Intelligent traffic management systems. $100 billion in revenue by 2020 for applications such as toll-taking and congestion penalties. The Internet of Things will say, look, here's the fastest way for you to get home, and if you don't take it, you may get a toll. It can route traffic faster than, than humans can. Waste management systems. Uh, volume fell 17%. Recycling volume grew by 49% through a pay-as-you-throw program that used technology to monitor those who exceeded waste limits. Smart electricity grids that adjust rates for peak usage. Internet of Things. It would be nice to know if I can get an alert on my phone that says, hey, start your washing machine now. I have to start it when I leave because my, my washing machine's not that smart. So you're going to keep hearing more and more about Internet of Things coming up. It will be a trend. Tesla reports third fire involving the Model S electric car. Again, it was in a car accident. It didn't just spontaneously combust. No one was injured. Ooh, that's a beauty of a dinger. So um, you're seeing Tesla get hit today on that news. Don't forget, big event coming up tonight in San Jose at the Airport Hotel. The Airport Hotel, formerly the Radisson. 
You can sign up for the event at robblack.com, robblack.com. If you don't want to sign up for the event but want to get admittance, i.e. don't want to pay that $5, if you want to bring an old cell phone, I'm collecting old cell phones, broken, non-working, going to recycle them, which is good for the environment, going to put them back out there as a charitable gift. If you bring a phone tonight or want free entrance, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll make sure you get in. Big event tonight on retirement income portfolio strategies. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. I pride myself in that. Um, money, investing more. Um, don't be shy. If you have questions, pick up the phone at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I am doing an event tonight in San Jose on income for retirement portfolios. I'm going to bring a list of some growth stocks. I'm going to bring a list of some value stocks. We're going to talk about how to set up a portfolio, CFP Chad Burton. We'll run the event. Hopefully, we can come on out. Um, if you have the ability to donate an old cell phone, that would be lovely. I'm using these opportunities to collect phones. I've pulled in well over 40 so far that are going to be donated to a, a nonprofit in the Bay Area tied towards children's education. Um, I think they're good events. 639 at San Jose Airport Hotel. More information at robblack.com. If you want a code to get in for free, it's $5 otherwise, which, trust me, we're not exactly you know, breaking the bank on you. Um, $5 just kind of keeps the really, really lunatics out, which the Bay Area is famous for. We do have some crazy people. Um, but if you do want a passcode, just drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And again, anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about. Uh, we do answer all questions. Um, so bring your questions. This time we will bring question cards. Uh, last of it, we kind of forgot that, but all is good. Oh, the things to talk about in the IPO, clearly, Twitter. I'm going to be putting together a piece on Twitter's valuation and how to look at the company going forward. When there might be a buying opportunities, will you be prepared? Twitter is sitting up 19 bucks today at $45 a share. It opened at 44, 46. It went as high as 50. It's pulled back to 45. Where it goes the next 90 days, no one knows. If it were valued at $35, I'd be a lot more attracted to the company. Um, that goes to show you that all things have a price that should become interesting to you. Facebook trades at 16 times 2013 price to sales. LinkedIn trades at 18 times. Twitter trades at 25 times. And that's when it was priced at $26 a share. So you can now kind of imagine, seeing that it's priced at $46 a share, um, it's kind of crazy. It becomes very expensive, awfully expensive in the 40s. Twitter's growing faster than both Facebook and LinkedIn. They've got more runway for growth as far as membership goes. The question is, can they become more mainstream? You know, a 20 to $25 billion market cap puts it in line with LinkedIn, and that's not crazy. So I could certainly make a case for it here if you want to say that they're similar to LinkedIn. Keep in mind, LinkedIn's profitable. So there's some flaws with this. The price-to-sales ratio shoots up to about $30, 30 times sales at this point in time. And that's frothy. The risk-to-reward's not very appealing. 
Now, again, it doesn't mean that you won't get reward if you go after it. It just means that I think you're opening yourself up to risk. I'd be patient. The best way, I think, to play momentum stocks is to scale in. You buy a little bit here, a little bit later. You don't put an all-in bet on. You don't need to. That's ridiculous. So, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, 403B, 401K, 457, I think are the best ways, 401K, are the best ways to save for retirement for most people. I get a lot of questions about, you know, how do I analyze stocks? Email I got yesterday was, I don't trust my broker. How do I analyze his stock picks? <laughs> Get a new broker, first and foremost. He just said it well. I don't trust my stockbroker. Like, uh-oh. That's not a good thing. You shouldn't be proud of that. You should have a good relationship with your financial planner. You should not have a contentious relationship. You should be able to talk about things. Um, I don't think the average person should be analyzing stocks unless you go to college and get a degree. Unless you get certification tied towards financial analysis. I think thinking that you can use a website like Yahoo to analyze a company is silly. With that said, you know, I know people who do it. And that's tragic. Um... I have a website, robblack.com. It's new. You can sign up for the event there, 49th San Jose Airport. Um, The website's brand new. literally brought it public this week. Um, Give me some feedback on it. What would you like to see in an app? I think I'm going to try to blend an app that has a lot of financial planning content with a lot of wealth creation and wealth preservation. But your feedback would be welcome. Would you rather have a two-hour radio show on the app, or would you rather have a 15-minute roundup? Would you rather know about market events or would you rather know about financial planning? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up tonight, San Jose, at the airport hotel. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. Again, if you want free admission, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Donate an old phone. If it's broken, doesn't matter. Does it power up? Doesn't matter. I'll wipe the data, and I'll make sure that it goes to a local nonprofit charitable donation. Um, it's also recycling, which is a good thing. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Taking a look at the stock market today, we're having a, a day that I'm not going to say is the, the best day ever, but we've had a really good year. At this point in time, we're starting to get out of earnings season, and some of the surprises are on the negative side, not on the positive side. Some of the guidance is on the negative side. We'll have a good 2014. We've had a great 2013. 2014 won't be as great as 2013 unless something changes dramatically. Dramatically. Patent pending on that one. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.